Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Today is Memorial Day weekend. There's flags all over the place. People are putting their flags out. People are putting flags at cemeteries and different places to honor those that gave so much for us to have so much. Amen. And I put a flag on the pulpit. How many like my flag on the pulpit? Come on, give me a little love. Put a flag up here for us today. little love. I want to talk to you for a little while today in this, not a sermon, but a message, I hope, um, to you. My wife has a very nice depression glass set that's set into a glass case. And if I wanted to have a short life on this earth, I would just get that depression glass out and I would have her catching me cutting into a hot dog on that depression glass, having a nice little hot dog meal. My life would not be long for this earth. The reason why is because those depression glasses were built one week at a time as her grandmother took part of her paycheck each week through the depression and went down and bought one plate at a time to build that set that is set into a nice enclosure with glass that can't be accessed unless you have permission to access that. So this scripture here, if you go back for me, it says that we are kept by the power of God. You don't just do anything with the stuff that God keeps, amen? Oh, that's good preaching already, Tom. So through faith unto salvation is ready to be revealed in the last day. He keeps you for the time when he's going to put you out. Now, sometimes we have nice folks over that we like. The people that we don't like, we don't put, no, I'm just kidding. We have nice folks over, we put out the depression glass, or we, we set everything up real nice. It's always for a special occasion. I want you to know that God has kept you for a very special purpose, and a very special occasion. And if you felt like you've been caged up, or you've been put back in the case, or you've been set back for a while, this message is for you, because God is going to honor you today and give you a new hope in the fact that if he's kept you till now, he's keeping you for a good reason. And he's going to set you out when the time comes. And he's going to put you out. And when he puts you out, it's going to communicate to everybody that you've been kept by God for a special reason. When we put our depression glass out, the people that come to visit know that we put in the extra effort because we appreciate the company. I'm already preaching too much. I need to move on to the next verse. But just know this. Where ye greatly rejoice, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, Ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Through manifold temptations. Next verse. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold. Of what? Trial of faith being more precious than gold? That doesn't make much sense. That perisheth away, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Next verse. Whom having not seen, ye love. How many love the Lord, even though we haven't seen him? I've seen his works. In whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Last verse, and then we'll sit down. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. 
Amen. And the hearing and reading of the word, God bless you as you're seated today. We're going to talk about our strength defines us. Our strength defines us. So what is your source of strength? I find myself most frustrated. Thank you, Dean, so much. God bless you. Everybody give Dean a big hand for helping us through the power outage of 2018. That is the only one where my mic has gone out that long in, in I think, in the years that we started the church. God is most glorified in us. Here we go. Are you ready? God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. In other words, when God is our source, there is no limit to our resource. I'm not just going to say tweetable quotes today. I'm going to get to the real meat of this. And I want you to understand that when Peter is talking about us being tried by our trials, he's referring to the fact that God is a refining fire, that God does a refining in us through the trials and temptations that we go through. We, we think that it's just trouble. We think sometimes that it's just a burden or a problem or, or a mistake we've made or, or some sort of bad choice that someone else made that we're now being burdened with. But the truth of the matter is everything in life is fuel when you trust God in faith. Everything in life is given to you by the scriptures. If you are a Christian, if you are a believer in God, if you have walked with God at all for any length of time, you know that God works all things together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So when we are most when we, when we are most dissatisfied with the places that we find ourselves in the struggles or the temptations or the trials that we find ourselves in, if we will just take a step back and say, hey, look, this may not be comfortable. There might be a lot of heat on me. There might be a lot of issues going on right now. But if I trust God, this thing that I'm going through, God has promised, will refine me in a way that makes me stronger, that makes me better, and that makes me more more useful in his kingdom. So that is a great place to put an amen. Bad, uh, the big idea here is the rewards of faith are present realities. So while we go through trials, God will reward us in those struggles in the present day and in eternity to come. You'll notice these, re these rewards begin in the present and extend into eternity. That's the timeline that God will bless us if we have faith in him. And the important thing about having faith in God is that faith builds trust. And trust is what does the most important work in us. That when we trust God, regardless of what things look like, that it somehow has a way of refining us. So that's what I want to talk about. The benefits of faith, They're, they don't just happen when we pass on, or they don't just happen posthumously. I don't know what's going on with this mic, but I'm about to buy a new one. Amen, somebody. After we die, they begin. It doesn't even show a low battery. So um, desperate. after people die, usually they get awarded. And so we prayed for our leadership. We, we asked God that, um, that he would strengthen them because we want them to know that God is their strength. In, in 1944, there was a, there was a, Renaissance platoon that I wanted to reference here in December 16, 1944, that held off a German battalion in Belgium. Maybe you know the movie made about this, but felt few history books take note of the fact that their bravery gave Allied forces the time to, it took to mount the defense that finally won the Battle of the Bulge. 
It was a few men that fought that battle, 18 members, in fact, that gave the Allied forces enough time to rebuild and to get ready. And that, that's what won the Battle of the Bulge. 18 was the key to winning an entire war or battle as the case may be. Just 18 men in the face of overwhelming odds after the war, Will James slipped into oblivion for almost 40 years. Nobody ever heard of Will James again, and he was one of the 18 that fought that battle. He uh, underwent numerous painful surgeries as a result of wounds he'd received in war. It wasn't until 1981, after he died, that he was finally awarded the Distinguished, the distinguished Service Cross for Extraordinary Heroism. I often wonder how many soldiers heroically gave their lives in battle in some lonely place in, of Europe who never received a reward. Now we have the opportunity of celebrating freedoms that we have now because of their heroic gift of life. Amen? And even more so, today we want to celebrate the strength, not just of men giving their life for our freedoms, but God giving his life as the son of God, coming down and celebrating that we do. We do celebrate the fact that he died on that cross. We put it center stage for a reason. That is the whole reason why we're here. That's the whole reason why I have a reason to speak of Jesus is because he is the greatest hero in my life. I don't have to have any heroes when I have Jesus in my life because there is a fact that I I know that his cross, his life given, purchased my spiritual freedom. Amen? I don't just have physical freedom. I have spiritual freedom. And that spiritual freedom is my strength. And it's my joy. So I find in him peace and satisfaction. I used to test my brother. I don't know if you've ever met my brother. But I was telling Carla a little bit about this before service. Um, it was in my sermon, so... My brother and I grew up in Alaska, a very beautiful place to grow up. Just a quick personal story. And I played hockey when I was younger. So I had all these pads that you have to put on and these helmets. And so I would, as little brothers go, I would test everything on him. So I would put all the pads and gear on him, and then I would hit him with stuff and ask him if it hurt. <laughs> Hey, don't look at me negatively. I built a very strong man there. He's handled, you should see the heights he's gone to because of the trials he's been through. I may have caused those trials, but still. So I would hit him in the helmet with stuff, and he's like, yeah, it's really loud, but it doesn't hurt. <laughs> and the funny thing is, one time I had frustrated him so bad and he was just a little guy, you know. I had frustrated him so bad that he was standing on, he, he got up on the hearth on the fireplace because he was so mad at me, he had to get higher on my level. And he goes, <laughs> and he was, he was building up. He was mustering up some sort of insult. He was trying to find the worst possible insult he could find. And he was like, <laughs> dumb. <laughs> That's all he could get out. <laughs> Sometimes we have to be battle-tested, Amen. Sometimes we have to be tried in order to be trusted. You don't drive anything that hasn't, be, hasn't been tested. You don't put your life in the hands of anything that hasn't been tried and tested. So the truth of the matter is we create licenses, we create training, all for the purpose of testing people before they're given permission or access to something. And so the fact that God 
gave himself, put himself in a human body and came and took on the trial and the effort of the cross and, and everything that he did for us in dying for us was the test that gives us the right to trust God. That the, God isn't just some person up in heaven sitting there waiting to zap us when we get in, in a moment of ill decision or a moment of, of, bad, um, of bad character. God is actually a God who said, I'm going to go down and be among my people and I'm going to sacrifice my life for their life that my death would bring them life and that in that sacrifice I can trust him even when I can't trace his hand I can trust his heart because a God who would dethrone himself of every bit of authority every bit of power and walk in sandals in dust, down dusty roads just to say that you're worthy you're valuable enough for me to come in myself I'm going to send myself to get you. I'm going to come and save you out of what you got yourself in. I will carry your cross. And because of that, I trust him in my trials because he went through the greatest trial for me, the purchase of my soul. Amen, somebody. After long deliberation over this sermon, I realized that I too suffer from putting my strength in the wrong place. Maybe it's in finances. Maybe it's in the places that allow me to do what I do. Maybe it's the comforts that I have. We're, we're so blessed. We, we all drive nice automobiles. We, we live in air-conditioned facilities. We, we're not out in places where, where our natural life is, is not is not difficult necessarily. We, we all have places where we gain strength from that may not necessarily seem like they're from God. But I realized that whenever I begin to get into a trial or a situation, if I assess my ability to conquer that thing, I will be frustrated because I'm looking to myself for resources. And, and guess what? The greatest message the enemy will ever preach to your soul is you are not enough. The enemy of our soul will come to you again and again and say, you do not have enough and you are not enough to do what you are called to do. The passion that you have inside, the thing you're going to school for, the desire that you have in your career, the enemy will speak to you and say, you're not enough to do it. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough talent. You don't have enough skill. And when you hear that voice, you listen to this, this preacher right now because I'm excited to tell you, I've listened to that voice long enough and I began to look not only to myself sometimes but then I would get frustrated at the fact that it would get to the end of the road and I would realize I'm not to my destination yet I've run out of energy I've run out of I come back on planes every single Friday and go Lord would you give me strength for this weekend would you help me preach the word of God and I have a strength standing here right now that I shouldn't have because of sleep deprivation but I'm here anyways God is helping me there's a power in walking with God that you can't get anywhere else. And I found out that when my source is him, my resource is unlimited. And I feel good that God is on my side. When I put my faith in him, he reaches for me and he helps me. Faith reaches from the present into the future and brings the realities of eternity into the temporal existence. We can literally reach up with our faith and pull something out of heaven and pray it into existence. Without faith, the Christian life appears highly irrelevant, totally insane, and entirely worthless. But with faith, you can see the unseen.
with faith, you can have things happen that shouldn't. My brother and I grew up together without a dad. We were headed to Alaska from Oregon. It was one of our trips we took. My mom came off a one-lane bridge too fast. It was wet and wood, and she sp spun one way to get out of the way of oncoming traffic, and it shifted the entire load in our truck. And then she realized she was going to go off the dish, so she corrected too much, shifted the entire load again. And if you know anything about physics, that spun us around and put us in the ditch on the other side. And when we turned up, our entire camper exploded into a pasture, basically. It just threw everything into a pasture. We found over 100 feet away a jar of pickles. But my bicycle was destroyed. I was like, Lord, why my bike? I was 12 years old. Come on, a bicycle's really important when you're 12. My bike was destroyed, but a jar of pickles 100 feet away can survive? I didn't get it. But our, we were protected. We were kept safe. And the reason why was because there was two preachers in the truck that God knew would someday be able to share the gospel. It was important because there was a mother that prayed in the car, in the vehicle. Our faith is often our link to our greatest strength. And my mother believed that we were going to do something great. And I grew up, and my brother had the opportunity to grow up next to my grandfather for a while, while we were in Alaska, and he was a church planter. And because of that experience, because of us being around my grandfather, who was a church planter, both my brother and I have both planted churches, him in Florida and me here. It was, I believe, an effort to stop what God was doing in our life. But the enemy can't stop what God started, amen? He just can't. So let's look at four rewards of faith real quick, and then we'll get out of here to our holiday. We'll go offer burnt sacrifices unto the Lord on a, on a charcoal grill. Faith provides the channel for God's protective power in verse 5. Faith provides the power of God's pr protection. <clears throat> there was a, a situation not, not long ago in the war in Iraq where one of the reporters had reported that he had been flying in a helicopter and they had an uncertain a landing in a very bad area. It was an unexpected landing, but it was in a war fight area. And they were very vulnerable in that situation this reporter reported back that they called in for backup and a group of American tanks happened to be right in the area. And these tanks came in and formed a perimeter around the downed helicopter and protected them. And the journalist at that point said, you'll never know just how comforting it is at a time like this to be guarded in this way. And that's precisely what I'm meaning today in your life, that God actually guards us. He protects us. He'll circle around us, and he'll create a protection for us that is comforting in our life. We are often in hostile territory, not only spiritually, but sometimes in our faith, people attack us, and that is their prerogative to do. But the truth of the matter is that even in attack, we're protected. Amen, somebody. So that's number one. And the word kept, number two, um, I, I just want to add on to that because I, I talked about that word kept. 
God keeps us by his power, A. And then number one is that word kept in verse five is a very interesting word. If you want to put it back up there, Seth, that'd be great for them to reference. It meant, it means, this word kept in the original language means to mount a military guard. It means to set a sentinel to keep watch and, and to live in a presence of protection. It's an ongoing guard being posted over our life. We are always under the watchful care of God. Amen? And that's what it means. It means his sleepless eyes are always on you, and there is never a changing of the guard. There's never a moment of vulnerability. God always keeps you spiritually. And then number two, look at what it protects us from. The power of God is what protects us. It protects us against the enemy. And there are, there are many powers that would attack us spiritually that we can't even see, but because it's the power of God, that is the source of our strength. Amen? It's his power. Think for a second of the powers on the earth that we have experienced. We're coming into the hurricane season, tornadoes, all these different things, these powers. I was talking to somebody yesterday that had a prayer experience where they had a strong burden and began to pray, and they didn't know what it was. And then when they were praying, the exact time they were praying, their brother's house or their brother's subdivision was wiped out with a tornado. And his house was the only one left standing. Now, I don't know why that happens, except for that there was one person praying. And they felt to pray. I believe in the power of prayer, amen? So there's so many amazing examples of natural power, but God is a God that can say, peace be still. If he doesn't say, peace be still to your storm, he'll say, peace be still to the storm in you. That's the kind of God he is. And he can give you peace in the middle of turmoil. That's important to know. So we find that there's number two, Look at what he protects. It's the power of God that protects us. That's number two. And then number three, God guards us. He guards our lives. Verse five tells us that he guards us unto salvation, that he keeps our salvation. That's important because we have to understand that sometimes we don't even do good at staying saved. (laughs) Sometimes our flesh gets in the way, amen? Anybody been cut off on the freeway before and you know your flesh isn't doing so good? I referenced that last week, I realize. But maybe it's something I'm working on, okay? So I'm dealing with issues. No, I'm only kidding. We kind, we kind of feel cheated sometimes by God, though, because it seems like it's taking him forever to do something that we've believed him for or we've put our strength in him and we're waiting for him to respond and sometimes it seems like he doesn't do it on our schedule. Well, guess what? He's not tied to our schedule. He's tied to something that's more important than our schedule and that is another S word called our salvation. And if it's a matter of growing us versus fixing the issue right away, we may be praying for something that's out of God's will because it's his will to try us in that trial and grow us through it so that our salvation stays strong and that our connection to him stays strong so that we pray our way through the trial and build a stronger relationship with him because of the physical issue that we're going through or because of the trial. That's important to note that salvation is more important, that God keeps our salvation. And then number four is getting lost in my notes, but that's okay. Number four is that he guides us 
and he provides for us. Number five, in the very beautiful way that we find more sometimes worry than faith in our life, and we find more bitterness at times than trust, and sometimes we find more despair in this world than hope, he can put faith, trust, and hope in us through his spirit that we can't find anywhere else. You can't look for it someplace else. You can't look for it in the affirmation of friends. You can't even look for it in the likes on social media. You, do, you plug in anything you want. It is not a good substitute for God. God is the only thing that fills the void that's missing in mankind. That's why people search for it in a bottle, search for it in a drug. They don't know where to find it. They're just searching aimlessly for something that will fulfill them. And the only fulfilling thing is our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? He is the satisfaction we search for. And the beautiful thing about him is that he is a refiner's fire that I started with. And I want to finish with that today. Malachi 3.3. I'm just going to jump to there because I really believe that our strength defines us. That what we do in life, the destiny that we've been given by God is not just a destiny that we have somehow need, we somehow need to find our way to with our own talents and gifts, although God has given those. We need to get there through his strength. There are times when we will run out of strength and we have to go to him in order to get more strength to do what he's called us to do. He makes the connection necessary. He doesn't give us a destiny and then say, go ahead, good luck, here you go go, have a good journey. He said, I want you to stay connected all along the way. God wants to be our GPS system where we tag back in regularly to make sure we're on the right path, to make sure we're going the right way, to make sure we're hearing from heaven that this is the direction we're supposed to be going. And in doing so, we live an honorable life, a memorial, a memorial life, a life that's, willing to, that's able to be memorialized. We are living Truly in the last days, I really believe that. And as compacting time comes into eternity, I believe that there's going to be greater strength needed in the church. And that's why I believe that God is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh right now all over the world. It's because there's greater strength needed. But if we let our trials and temptations refine us, then his strength will define us. The greatest thing in Malachi 3 is this. It says, he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. I'll read this in case I have a different translation in my notes. Purifier of the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offering in righteousness. Let me just go ahead and read what I have here. He will sit as refiners and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them as silver and gold. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offering in righteousness. What it says is that little segment that's right there that's so rich, he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. Do you know what a refiner of silver does? I'm ending with this. I'm putting the wheels down right now. A refiner of silver, that's a little segment tucked into this scripture, but they knew what that meant. If you're refining silver, do you know the last thing that comes out of gold before it becomes pure gold? Silver. Do you know what happens when you're refining silver to be silver? There's a sec when you're heating up silver, there's a section of time that's very critical to the development of silver. Right before you finish putting it in the, or take it, when you take it out of the fire, right before you finish having it in the fire, there comes a moment where silver takes on a mirror reflection. 
And that is when silver is at its purest through heat. And therefore, the refiner sits over the silver and heats it until he can see clearly his reflection in the silver. And when he sees his reflection, he knows it has come to purity and he pulls it out of the fire. So what the translation here to the Levites means and to those men that they're talking to in Malachi is God is telling them through the scripture that he is a refiner of silver and that every single trial that you're in the fire for, that God puts you in to a place where it's hot and it's not comfortable and it's difficult. Those places, God doesn't just put you into a trial and back away and say, good luck. I hope you have enough faith. I hope you can make it. I hope you come out the other side and you still are a Christian. God looks over you carefully and he knows the moment when that refining is done and when it has brought the purest amount of training and lesson and understanding and growth in your life. And he will watch until his own reflection is made in you, until you reflect the image of almighty God. And when you begin to reflect his image through that trial and that struggle, he says, that is good. That has produced in you a strength of me that has produced in you something that looks like me and that is what the Christian walk really is to be Christian is to be Christ like and that we are walking in faith to become like him because the scripture in Revelation says someday we shall be with him and we shall be like him so if you don't like me now, that's okay. Someday I'm going to look just like him. Someday I'm going to be with the Lord. Amen? Aren't you glad about having the hope? Let's stand together. Amen. I'm thankful for the refining of my life. The trials that were not comfortable brought a great success in other areas of my life. In fact, Scripture says it's line upon line, precept upon precept, that you are built by your trials one at a time and that you're stronger for the next one because of what you went through before. And I'm grateful for that. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, I'm so grateful for this weekend that we celebrate freedom. Maybe some don't quite understand the freedoms that were purchased for them. Maybe for them it's just a day off. But Lord, we're thankful for the strength that's been handed to us by men with valor and men and women with courage, Lord God. I thank you for that, that they, they ran into battle. They were not scared of the fight, Lord God. Thank you for that illustration. Thank you for that memorialization today. But God, even more so, let us not just honor a country and a flag. Let us not just honor, honor the valor of men, but help our hearts to honor you. Lord God, make us, Lord Jesus, not soldiers in your kingdom that just have wisdom, but make us warriors with a heart of a warrior in your kingdom, Lord God. Help us to stand where there is injustice, to, to live up, Lord God, and, and, and to live up to the word and stand where there is lies and speak back, Lord God, and say, no, it's not like that. There is a God. He is my strength. He is my hope and he is my trust. I pray that everyone here makes that their prayer today. In Jesus' precious name.